0: You're listening to Soccer Talk in the Park, the official podcast of the Sherwood Park District Soccer Association. Well, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we are back for round two of round two. <laughs> I, I'm only saying that because um, we had a bit of a glitch. We actually recorded the uh, episode two, and, and there was a huge audio problem. I, I, I know I know. my man, Dana, who is in the booth here <laughs> with us, uh, had suggested I actually listen to it. When I thought there was an issue, but... Um, the DW problem. the D, It was a DW problem, <laughs> for sure. So I am here joined by uh, Dan O'Drummond and uh, Charles O'Toole. How are you guys doing? Good, buddy. How are good, you? Good, 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 man. Good. I'm, I'm liking the fact that I can hear you now and I can actually see uh, levels, which is a promising thing when you're and dealing yes. with a podcast. Ooh. Today's podcast, by the way, is sponsored by Mr. Lube. And uh, you'll be hearing spots uh, in between our little breaks For Mr. Lube and 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 the company there, you know, you want to get your vehicle fixed, you can bring it to Mr. Lube. Um, Topics for today. (laughs) Holy, somebody needs a glass (laughs) of water. Topics for today. Uh, We'll talk a little bit about preparations for the outdoor season. Uh, A little bit of the coaches meeting that we had because somebody lambasted everybody but himself. Um, (laughs) Charles, we won't throw you under the bus for that. Uh, Talk a little bit about the Skill Center, which actually got underway on the the weekend that just passed us. Um, Fantastic outing, by the way. A little windy for my liking, but apparently, uh, you know, Emerald Hills is notorious for its uh, wind tunnel effect. Um, So it was pretty... um, Pretty bad there. Um, We'll talk a little bit about young players, whether they watch pro soccer and the effects it has on the game. Um, Maybe do players take advantage of what's offered to them in training? Do they actually follow some? We just we will talk about different methodologies behind training and whether the the players are actually taking taking that to heart and uh, changing the soccer culture within a community. Is it something that can be done? Of course it can. But is it time or is it education or a combination of both that you need to be able to do that? And, you know, we may not talk about any of this. <laughs> I, just, I, just, I just figured I wrote some things down and we should touch base with those. Huh? What do you think? Sounds good. Sounds, Sounds good. good? <laughs> so for outdoor season, we are um, in preparations, obviously. The uh, training has started, um, but it has... Has, are
1: things going smoothly? What do you think? I think it has. Like uh, our first session, well, we had to cancel a couple of nights due to weather last week. Uh, but when things, once things got rolling, uh, I think the kids really enjoyed it. I think the coaches were well organized, well prepared. And it looked like a lot of the kids were having a lot of fun as well as the coaches yeah. out there.
0: They, they looked like they enjoyed it. And you were there, Daniel. What, you, what were your
1: thoughts on the whole Yeah, scenario? no, I
2: thought it was great. I mean, when you get that many teams and that many people in one place, um, we need to make sure we're organized and got all the equipment set up and ready to go. So, um, yeah, it was a good opportunity to get out and train, and I, you could see it on the kids' face. They were just happy to be outside and with their friends playing outdoor soccer again. Um, I think Charles and the whole staff has done a good job getting the sessions in place and and getting the TLs organized, and, yeah, it, it flowed quite nicely, so let's kind of roll it into Week 2.
0: Yeah, Week 2 will be great. That's uh, starting up for us uh, today. The community portion of our, of our club uh, is, will really start getting going in earnest, I believe, next month. Uh, in May mm-hmm. uh, when the teams, most of them will, will, will really start getting going. I'm, I'm sure some of them have started already, um, but I think for the most part, it's, it's May when the when the you know the picture really starts to roll yeah. for the community.
2: Yeah, it is. We, we do have our community orientation, we call it, uh, this Monday, so tonight actually, and Wednesday. Um, it's an opportunity for the coaches to pick up their equipment, see Dean, and get all the packages and information for the outdoor season, and there's also a tech component to it as well, and so there should be. Um, it's an opportunity to kind of give... Uh, coaching education to our parent coaches, give them an the opportunity to feel more comfortable uh, with the group and with the players that they're going to be working with and it's a great opportunity. So Dee and myself are going to be out there tonight and then Dee and Richard Espinoza, who's a familiar face to all the young guys in our community program so looking forward to it.
0: And that'll be uh, D and Richard will be on
1: Wednesday as well yeah. right? Yeah. So he looks like Ricky Ricardo too doesn't he? <laughs> does who, a little. Who looks like Ricky Ricardo? Richard. Richard. <laughs> the, Ricky Ricardo. <laughs> I don't know about that. I'll oh, yeah, yeah. uh, Google him. i yeah,
0: <laughs> Oh, man. Googling. So, yeah, fantastic. So, outdoor season, getting ready to go, and uh, and, it, and it's, it'll be fully lit up. We had a coaches meeting as well where Charles t- took many opportunities to... Uh, stand-up comedy session, It was a very much no. a stand-up comedy session. <laughs> very informative. Session. Very
1: informative. Informative.
0: Most of it was slagging myself, Dano, and, uh, Graham. and Graham. Graham Dixon, who uh, will be on a future podcast, by the way. He's the... Um, what is, is it, is it, I know he works on the administrative side, but he's also a, a TL, a technical lead as well. Yeah, right? he's a technical
2: lead with our, our U13s, and as he liked to say, he's the glue that keeps everything together. So The glue that keeps everything <laughs> together. We heard
0: that a few times <laughs> last true. week. That's huh? true, yeah. and And is he? Oh. Uh, that's no. T- no you know what? We better.
1: and oh, his mind, he is. Yeah. I was going to
0: say, let's hold off talking his about mind. Graham until yeah. he's actually in the room. With <laughs> us. No, no, no. I said we go out town. <laughs> <laughs> we can't be doing that. No going at it. So, at the coaches' meeting was a huge explanation of uh, you know, what's going to go on within the Phoenix program, at least. And uh, I know there'll be a. Uh, well, I mean, part of what we're going to do on Monday and uh, Wednesday for mm-hmm. the community side of things is do a similar program as far as. Uh, letting the, the coaches know what's going on, how we're going to run things. Uh,
2: yeah, I, th- I, think, I think Dean and Graham do a great job of getting all the packages out and uh, Dee being on field and doing those coaches' education will really just kind of tie together what they need for the outdoor season. So it'll be a good opportunity for
0: them. Oh, that'll be fantastic. Fantastic. Really looking forward to uh, getting some games going and, uh, and getting the season going. There's been some really weird changes, though, hasn't there, on the uh, ESA-EMSA side of things. Do you think there's been a few adjustments to how things are going to run this year? Age groups. Uh...
2: Yeah, I think I think like anything. Once there's a big change with the. You know change of age groups that's happened um it affects all the programs right so it's affected our tls and who they're working with and it's an adjustment for the tech staff for the admin staff and just figuring out you know who's falling under what group what what are the rules that they're playing it are they jumping to 11 v 11 now so it was a big change but we're i feel
1: like we're coping with it pretty well coping with it well mm-hmm. yeah absolutely yeah like uh, again graham and dean have been absolutely fantastic i mean they had a a schedule worked out for the tech sessions, training sessions, all that sort of stuff. And then AMSA threw a wrench at us like at the 11th hour where they were combining a whole bunch of teams and age groups. And now they have to rework everything. So now we thought we were a couple of steps ahead. Now we're a little bit behind the eight ball. But because,
0: and that I mean, it goes right down to scheduling and all that oh, to, to make absolutely. sure everyone's getting the appropriate time slots yeah. and uh, games and leagues. So you know what? that le- That lends into another topic we can touch on a little bit. Uh, Do we really need two governing groups in the city of Edmonton? You have three hours to talk about it? (laughs) 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 That's opening a big can of worms that's been going on for a number of years. Yeah, but you know what? It's something that I think needs to be addressed at some point. I mean, not that either group is not doing a good job or not doing well, but couldn't, couldn't there be one main group for sure and under that umbrella then you have a a recreational side and you have another side that's a little bit more competitive uh, competitive.
2: yeah yeah. i think uh, as time goes on right and and hopefully this hpl takes place um down down the line i mean there may be opportunities for Easton Emsa to come together a little bit more they are trying it this outdoor season with the 15s and higher i believe um which Mm -hmm. will be a good i want to call it an experiment but a good opportunity for that to work out um yeah but i think as time change you know we need to roll with it and
0: Having one governing body within the city, I think, would be probably a good thing. Yeah. And then, of course, it lends itself to... Now, I'm trying to think of Calgary. Does Calgary have one governing body down in the
1: south? Yes, Calgary minus soccer. Mm -hmm. As far as I know, that's that's the only one. That's the only one there.
0: It makes so much more sense. I just don't get... I mean, I can understand if you have a couple of different groups that are vying for... I don't know. Not even vying is the right word. But if... um, you just have different different ideas of, of how you want to approach the game, and I'm assuming that's how you ended up with two different groups um, running things within the city
2: yeah i mean I, I don't even think I can really speak to it of the history of how it came to that. I mean I was a player in ESA and it was ESA and EmSA, and there was playdowns and things of that nature, so I mean it seems like it's been around forever mm-hmm. um, but in, in regards to what can happen going forward, I definitely feel that having an opportunity this summer to see how it works
0: in the older age groups, I think will be a be a good opportunity to see if it can work. Uh, but that'll definitely be interesting to see. I mean, it's uh, it's coming from. Uh, I'm actually my background is in British Columbia, so I mean, you still have your associations around, but mm-hmm. it's like one
1: governing body over yeah. that oversees everything. So, uh, well, I think I think too, like having the two in there almost. Uh, uh, sets things back a little backwards because they start of competing against each other all the time. Yeah. And I think, uh, or what's the saying? Uh, complacency uh, prevents progression. Mm-hmm. So everybody's trying to establish their own little piece of ground and turf and keep things running their way, that way, instead of trying to advance the game.
0: Yeah. I, like I, for the
1: kids. I, I agree. I think
0: advancing the game and making sure that we're... Because at the end of the day, are we not trying to get a, in the competitive side of things, are we are not trying to get kids to a national level? Absolutely. Trying to get them to, the, the, to a CSA national team. Mm-hmm. That should be the ultimate goal. And then on the recreational side, it's just about keeping players playing. Mm-hmm. So they enjoy the game, they enjoy the physical activity that goes along with the game,
1: and... Uh, and just trying to stay fit, fit for life. Well, even even the social aspect, you know, it goes a long way. Like uh, I know Dano, myself, yourself, T Dub. I mean, guys that we played soccer with, maybe in U nine, U ten, we're still friends. We still keeping contact with. Mm. Yeah. I mean, that's a huge social social aspect of the game too.
0: It is a huge social aspect of it, and I'm sure, you know, it's much like when you watch these teams when they go off to college, they they develop new friends in college, and they become friends for life based on on uh, on the playing together, and it's. It's the same thing with any team activity, I think. When you're when you're in, in the mix with with all these different groups, I think the social aspect of it is huge. Oh. And, and like you said, making these friendships and being able to continue those on as
1: we go is is absolutely fantastic. And, and it just grows the game. It grows the culture within Canada. Oh. Uh, and keeping it in our community here as well, it's going to grow it within our community. I mean, this is just going to fan the flames uh, for that passion that these kids are going to have like going on in life.
0: Yeah, for sure. And it's definitely something we want to see here at the community. I mean, mean, and that's something that could even lead into uh, changing the soccer culture within a community. Um, I've I've seen it done within organizations where you have new people that come in to start working within the the club. Uh, I'm I'm speaking to my last role with FC Edmonton. Mm -hmm. And when we first got there, just sort of getting the gist of where things were actually at within the club and the things that really needed to change, like there needed to be more support between the tech staff and the admin staff, uh, where, where you're working hand in hand with each other because you're at the end goal is to put bums in seats, at least at the pro level. And and but it goes hand in hand, and and you need to you need to be able to work with that. So changing that culture is is was important when we first came here, and I'm seeing it's kind of the same thing with the new group of
1: technical people within this club. Um, I I think, honestly, we're all mm like-minded. Everybody's been brought in just recently. I mean, like Daniel's like absolutely fantastic. He's keeping everything organized. He's, he's shown us what's been working. What maybe has to be tweaked a little bit. Wow, really? And we're surprised. He, he's not necessarily. Surprise. He's not the only glue. Like Graham's not the only glue that keeps us. Oh, thing there, it yeah, there it is. there it there is. There it is. You're right. There, there is got glue got a glue that
0: goes yeah. around. Yeah.
1: I mean, there, there's uh, several pieces to this puzzle, and we're we're fitting them all together right now. And I mean, like Daniel, Debbie, uh, who's our GM. Uh, I mean, fantastic how they've, they've put these uh, people in the right spots mm-hmm. who are like-minded, who are looking to advance this association yeah. and make it better for everybody.
0: Yeah, for sure. And through the emails that go out, through the tech sessions that go on, through this podcast, we're hoping to get the public, get those folks that are in the Sherwood Park uh, District and, uh, and the community. To, to really understand where we're trying to take this club and how we're trying to be inclusive to everybody within this community, um, to, to help it to grow and to help foster a lot of that Friendship and and excitement that goes on
1: amongst players when they become part of a team. There's a there's a momentum growing that like you can feel it within the, the community. Like from when we had that coaches and managers meeting to when we had the parents meetings uh, just the last couple of weeks here, you can see the enthusiasm, you can see the eagerness. I mean, some of the coaches now are are they're chomping at the bit. They, they they're getting their kids out there right now. They're, they're running sessions technically before they're supposed to be doing. Yeah. I mean, that's just. Again, a passion that's it's it's brewing within uh, our community right now. Yeah,
0: I I, I agree. And but there's got to be also some patience within that as well because it takes time to actually change um, the thought process of some of the uh, I don't want to say coaches, but just just the just the people in the community in general uh, to to make the shift from being in one direction and having things. Not necessarily shift completely to a different direction, no, but the just tweaks, the adjustments right? and the tweaks that have gone on just yeah. to get used to them. I think I think Charles alludes to a great
2: point is that you know you, you want the passionate people that are, are volunteers, our parent coaches, right? They're they're huge to this organization and community in Phoenix everywhere. And you want to make sure that um, you support them in every way you can. So mm-hmm. if they're out there and they're eager to run sessions beforehand, if we need to look at the programs of how we can support them with the technical leads um, directly after assessments, fantastic. It, 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 was, it was our idea to look to give the kids a little bit of a break. Um, but there's so many moving pieces with bringing in new staff and there's new technical leads and a lot going on. It's, uh, I don't want to say growing growing pains, it's probably the wrong term, but it's an opportunity for, uh, for us as an association just to kind of get around that we've got you know four technical staff that yeah. are full-time in, in this game, and we've brought in a couple more leads now. We're going from nine, U9s to u 15 so it's just a, a bigger pool uh, of technical people to, to manage and work under, so I think we're definitely uh, going in the right direction, 100%. 100%. Yeah,
0: and, and so for you folks that are listening in, uh, let's... Yeah, let's make sure you take advantage of that and I mean it's be one of the things that we talk about uh, after our first break here is, is is whether or not the players take advantage of training sessions when they're involved in them I mean it's the same thing with the tech staff that's involved with this club right now we have to make sure that uh, people within our community are taking advantage of our knowledge and our uh, base of information that uh, that we're handing out there so and with that and on that note we'll take our first break here you're listening to uh, soccer talk in the park the official podcast of uh, the Sherwood Park District Soccer Association. We'll be right back. Today's podcast is sponsored by Mr. Lube. Taking care of your car on your schedule, not ours. Mr. Lube. And we're back. This is Soccer Talk in the Park, the official podcast of the Sherwood Park District Soccer Association. I am in the studio with uh, Dan O'Drummond and Charles O'Toole. Gentlemen, uh, glad to have you with us. Um, or with me. <laughs> We're over <already> here. <laughs> um, something I wanted to talk about and mention was the uh, Alberta Summer Games. Um, we are district or zone five, black and gold is what we are here in the uh, Sherwood Park area. And Sherwood Park is the soccer group that's sponsoring it uh, for this coming um Alberta Summer Games. So it, it happens every two years, I, Alberta athletes ages 11 to 17, uh, the soccer portion of the Alberta Summer Games is for players that are between 11 and 13 years of age. Um, and so they come together for a, a very special event, which is the Alberta Summer Games. Um, and, and, and as I say, we're zone five, it's broken up into eight different zones and our zone is, uh, is zone five. So I wanted to throw it out there that the head coaches for um, the men's side or the boys' side, the drum U13. Drum roll, please. Drum roll, please. Yes, yes. <laughs> Yours truly, DW, Darren Walsh, and that's me. I'll be the head coach. My assistant coach is going to be Chris Pearson, uh, both of us Sherwood Park coaches. And on the U13 girls' team, the head coach is uh, Ricks Haxby, Rick Haxby, uh, his assistant coach is Anne Lees or Annalise Schellenberg. That'd be great. Um, and they're are they, they're both from this club as well, right? I don't know everybody yet. No, so no. Are they Rick from? from Victoria. Okay, okay. but An- Annalise has helped out with her uh, O two girls, I believe. Oh, awesome. Okay. Yeah. Um, So we wanna make sure that everybody's uh, aware of uh, who the head coaches are, the tryouts for the Alberta Summer Games. Um, May 5th, the girls run from 1 till 2.30 at Riel Turf in St. Albert. Also May 5th, the boys run from 2.30 till 4 at Riel Turf. And then on May 6th, uh, girls are from 1 till 2.30 and the boys are from 2:30 to 4. Both those sessions are at Real Turf. And then there's one more tryout um, on May 12th and 13th for the girls. Uh, it's 12 p.m. to 1:30 and 11:30 to 1 p.m. respectively. Only these are going to be at Emerald Hills in Sherwood Park, and, and then the boys' final tryout is May twenty sixth and twenty seventh, two thirty to four p.m. both days at uh, Emerald Hills Turf. So I just I wanted to throw it out there. I can't I, believe I, you memorized that. I, I well, yeah that that and the fact I've got actually a book in front of me that I was reading, <laughs> but that, you know that's that's beside the point. But you've actually been a coach who was a silver medalist uh, at. The some games.
2: games. Yeah. Um, in 2014, myself and Graham Dixon uh, took on a group of boys. So it was, it was an enjoyable experience for me. I actually played in it uh, as, as a youth. Uh, my dad, Dave Drummond, and Leo McAndry uh, coached that. I don't even know when that would have been. Uh, sometimes in the 90s. A, f- a few years ago? I'm <laughs> not that old. 90s. <laughs> <laughs> 90s. Um, yeah, so it was 2014, and each, every two years, uh, either ourselves, SPDSA, or St. Albert kind of oversee. The ongoing doesn't mean we can't have a St. Albert coach come in or, or vice versa know, for sure um, so it's, it's a great opportunity to have some fantastic coaches work with the kids uh, we had oh one boys and about half and half I believe so we had half our group was underage. did really well lost to Calgary in the final but got a silver medal and yeah we really enjoyed it a uh, little side story Graham and I were a little unsure if we could commit we were both about a month away from getting married so oh, man. We, had to, we had to make sure that one was going to be okay but <laughs> to, each uh, other? to each other <laughs> well you're going to get some rumors going here uh, but, yeah, let's uh, not start that <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, but we really enjoyed it. You know, you get together with a group of boys and some team building stuff, six sessions, and yeah, it's great do some team shape and, and off you go to the games. Um, a fun little story, Graham's not here so I can share it. So, <laughs> you know, you're in the school and, and you get given gym mats, right?
0: Uh, those padded mats to sleep on. So, so you actually, you're actually, as a group, as a team, yeah, you sleep uh, in the classroom. As a team, yeah,
2: with your chaperone as well. Uh, we had uh, Marty look after all our boys, so he was fantastic. And you, you're in the room and you're thinking, okay, I'm going to get a little spot for the boys and the coaches. And then all of a sudden we hear this, this air pump going and we thought, someone pumping up balls, what the hell's going on here?
1: Yeah.
2: Turn around and grab him setting up a, a, a queen bed that he can sleep <laughs> on in the corner. So we always make sure to give him a hard time about that. But uh, yeah, really fun experience and, and I think you're going to enjoy it. So. so okay, now be
0: honest, <laughs> how was that mat that you slept on? It wasn't that bad. I mean, <laughs> yeah. it, it, it was all right. Should I, mean, I be bringing an air mattress? I mean, it's not a four, a chiropractor. It, it, it's
2: not a four seasons, D-Dub, but I mean, it's not but. too bad, but it, it's a camaraderie. And I mean, you know, when, you know what, when the kids, which are the athletes are sleeping on a mat and, and your, your co-coach is uh, sleeping on an mat, air mattress, it makes for a couple good stories. <laughs> now, I want to know,
0: he must have heard something in advance. To, to have the foresight to bring a giant queen-size mattress into the facility. He must have. He's oh, Mr. He, he, organization. i don't know. If he did I, don't,
2: I don't know. I think,
0: I, think uh, I don't know. Someone must have thrown it out there.
2: Yeah, maybe our, just Mr. Camper. Hair, I
0: don't know. Our hair boy, Mr. Dixon, <laughs> is, uh, is now going to have a, a legendary conversation. And you think he would have swapped with maybe, you know, the captain or whoever played the best that night and he would have slept on a mat? No, nope, no chance. He was wow. sleeping on a mat. <laughs> Oh, it on the bus. So I'm going to have to bring an air mattress. I'm going to have to bring my own sleeping bag. I take it <laughs> your own personal assistant. I don't even own a sleeping bag. Oh, better get to Canadian Ooh. Tire. Canadian Tire. There we go. <laughs> hey, speaking of sponsors, we should. Uh, nah, we'll, we won't go there. <laughs> 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 our sponsor this uh, this week is is Mister Lube. So we'll we'll stick with that. Um, so a few other things that are going on uh, within our our club, we have a classic tournament uh, which runs from May 24th to the 27th. It's for U9 to U19 Tier 4 teams. Um, there is registration information that can be found on the SBDSA tournament website, but from what I understand, all the community teams that want to be involved, they're already automatically entered into the tournament. So, I mean, that's a fantastic thing as well. Gives them something to look forward to as, as far as May goes. And I'm assuming that that would be
1: is that the long weekend? Is that when the long weekend or is it? 18th to 21st is the long weekend in May. Oh, okay. So this yeah. this comes after the, the long weekend.
2: Yeah. We always try and avoid it. But like you said, it's an awesome opportunity for community teams to go out and compete. And yeah, regardless if you're within the Phoenix program or community program, it's always enjoyable to get to a tournament and compete. So yeah, for sure. It'd be
0: great. For sure. Totally understandable. I totally understand that. Nothing like competing in a tournament to get yourself going. <laughs> why, why don't I just babble a little bit longer uh, as I flip over pieces of paper? <laughs> um, we alluded to it at the beginning of the show. We were going to talk a little bit about uh, young players and whether they watch pro soccer, TV soccer. Do they get up early on the Saturday mornings to uh, take part in the, in, in the so many games that are available? Uh, now on television, and Ch- Charles and I have talked about this before, the only thing we had to uh, to watch when we were younger Radio. was the... Uh, was German- Soccer made in Germany. Soccer made in Germany. With and it was on like it, it, where I was, it was KCTS Channel 9, it was like yep. one of the Same, yeah. public television we were, stations. Yeah,
1: K- KSPS. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. No idea what
0: you're talking about right now. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> but it was an hour long program on Saturdays, and anyway, I guess it was, uh, you know, a pre-recorded from the week before, but you actually got to see, who wow, I'm, I'm actually seeing the sport I enjoy on television. In Canada, In yeah. Canada. It was it was fantastic. Was that in black and white, do you know? Uh, no, there was no, some there was color there. there. <laughs> well, mind you, mind you, depended on whether you actually had a color television. <laughs> that's true, that's true. So I remember you
1: still had to get up off the couch and walk over to the TV and change <laughs> the turn, turn the, the, t- dial. turn yeah. the dials,
0: yeah. yeah. And oftentimes it
1: would be, was it before or after Bugs Bunny? Uh, was it was after because it, it, it went to three o'clock, and then I think uh, soccer in Germany is like around four or five. Okay. So it gave you a little bit of a break to go get a snack and then come and, and back and then come back <laughs> and, yeah. and watch. And oh, good. That's good. So, you so guys good. We can get back to yeah, show sorry, yeah.
0: We've had our little banter. Um, so what are your thoughts? Uh, do kids actually watch the game? Do players actually watch?
2: Um, I, I think it depends on the individual, and even more so where. Uh, you know how ingrained the game the parents are as well. I know for me, my, my parents are from the UK, so a big highlight for me was traveling back to the UK when I was younger and uh, visiting family, it was always catching a Premier League game. Uh, I get the gears about this, but I support uh, Tottenham Hotspurs through thick and thin. Oh. And, uh, yeah, here it goes. <laughs> and so, yeah, I was ingrained in the game at, at a young How age. How this weekend? <laughs> oh, oh, another segment of the show for that. Wow. Yeah, up we didn't nothing, turn up. Don't we don't didn't. You know what? I watched,
0: out. I, w- I watched most of the game, and I, I thought it was well played. I thought they did all right. And yeah. Just at, unlucky to not... Uh, they, they lost. Yeah, this
2: Tottenham <laughs> had, a good, had a good start, but you know what? Fair play to United. I mean, their, their big guns came out to play, and they got a lead, and... You know, kind of parked the bus a little bit, and we, we couldn't do much, so yeah. it is what it is. And it, were, you,
0: were you thankful at the phone call? I actually waited till the game was over before I wanted to touch base with you, and I didn't mention the game once. You did, now that I realize that. Uh, I, I actually waited till it was over. I figured well, I'm not going to say yeah. anything about this game. I'm just gonna, because it didn't go the way your team had hoped it would go, uh, that we would just continue on. You, you threw beating up the microphone there, <laughs> <laughs> It's all right. It's functioning. You can, all
2: right. I want to make sure you didn't do
0: a good job with <laughs> <that> <laughs> <time>. Yeah, <laughs> and, and I'm actually looking at the board here now, and I'm thinking, something's not right. I can, I, <laughs> I can hear everything perfectly. but This is uh, the way to cut me out of the show, huh? The, the record level is, uh, there's something something going a little funky. You know what? We're going to take a, just a, a, a quick little break here. You probably won't even notice it, but uh, we're, gonna, we're just going to check the levels here. Hang on. All right. Level's checked. Everything's good. Are <laughs> you, you okay with that out there? Yeah We are We are oh, I know you guys are, but uh, I'm just wondering about the people thinking, who are these crazy people running a so-called podcast and doing wacky stuff in between? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I do. Hey, let me in. <laughs> let me in. So we were, we were talking about uh, young players and whether they actually watched the game. We got a little uh, sidetracked about uh, Tottenham playing against Man City in the FA Cup. Man U. Man U. Man U. There you go. <laughs> I knew it was Man something. That's all right. But um, why did I think it was City? Blue and red, colorblind. I don't know. (laughs) That must be it. I'm colorblind. (laughs) I only see gray on the television. I just think it's black and white. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, do 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 young players actually watch the game? Because it's so out there now, and there's so many different ways of watching it. Yeah, you, I think... Um, we, we started talking a little bit about the, the family culture and whether or not... Yeah, I mean, hockey's been
2: ingrained in our uh, country for a long time, right? It, it's our national sport, and you grow up kind of watching Hockey Night in Canada, or at least the majority of the country does. Yeah. Um, I do I do think there's some kids that are engrossed in the game, the Fallen Champions League, the, they're watching games, they're recording it. Um, I work with kids even in the school, and, and I hear and see it all the time. But I think with all the access that they have now, right? Eight Premier League games a weekend, they've got their phones, their... YouTube's, their their highlights, I think they catch glimpses, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the freestyle YouTube videos, Ronaldo's bike, um, all these big huge highlights, I think, hit home for them. Uh, a lot of kids are, are big into the FIFA, but I don't know how much exposure they have into engrossing themselves into a game, following a role model, where they are on the pitch, but uh, I definitely think there's some kids that kind of follow suit from mom and dad, and, yeah. and are keen on watching the games. So. Now,
0: that being said, in regards to the um, kids watching the, the English game or the European games that we see on the Saturday mornings, how many of them are actually watching the MLS, which is the North American game? Uh, how many of them do you think actually watch those games? Because they're later on in the day, mm-hmm. a little more in the afternoon after they're finished doing other things. Uh, do, they, do they watch it? Do they watch that M- the MLS game?
1: Uh, maybe to some extent, but not nearly as close as what they'd watch uh, in, from Europe. And that, again, that's just because uh, maybe the North American part of the, the game is not as promoted as much. Mm-hmm. It's still relatively new. And again, a lot of our culture is based on a lot of people f- coming from Europe to here. So they sort of gravitated to the fact that their parents, maybe supported Real Madrid... Uh, Man United, like teams like that, so they kind of gravitate towards that. Yeah. But I think more and more there's been in steps made uh, towards that. I mean, they're, they are televising more and more of those games now. Mm-hmm. And I mean, let's call him a local product, Alfonso Davies, uh, being with Vancouver Whitecaps, and now he's generating a lot of interest from European clubs. Yeah. That kind of gives a little bit of incentive for us to watch. I know it has for me because I love to see how mm-hmm. he's performing all the time. And, I mean, uh, guys that we've worked with, uh, D-Dub, at uh, FC Edmonton, uh, Sumit Shom. Samit, yeah. Yeah, he was taken with uh, Montreal Impact. And now he's on loan, I think, with Ottawa right now. He's, he's working with them right oh, okay. now. Okay, so I, I hadn't heard. I hadn't followed. I, I feel bad because I haven't really followed
0: Shamit in a while yeah. since he's left. It's one so of those. So does DW watch the game? DW does watch <laughs> the game. DW actually owns the MLS package. Oh, well, there it is. So I can watch all the games. But I, you know, most of the teams. DW that, is I, the complete package. I, the, <laughs> the, ones, the ones I like to follow. I like to follow Seattle. I love mm-hmm. watching Seattle play, especially when they play the. Uh, and they sell
1: out every game.
0: Uh, uh, same, every game. when They play Portland. Yeah. Or when they play the White. Caps. I I, I enjoy those games very much. Um, I I also, I've started really enjoying watching the two LA groups play. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. uh, LA United and uh, Galaxy. And the Galaxy, because well, Galaxy now has um, Ibrahimovic, Ibrahimovic, Ibrahimovic. Yeah. and uh, amazing. I, uh, the first uh, the televised version of of the LA games that I saw was the two LA teams playing each other, mm-hmm. and it was Eber's first, um, first twenty minutes. Game first into the games, and he scores oh two, and two? And a goal like yeah. that. Gosh, what a goal! His first goal. That he lobs the keeper from like center almost, just a on a the other full side. Of center. Too, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then scores a second one on the header to, the to winner, score the winner. Game. Yeah. 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 Um, it's off all of the Hollywood, por- off of corner kick. But it was fantastic. Now, I, I, in all honesty, I haven't seen um, the Galaxy play again since then. I've watched the other LA team play against. Uh, Montreal. They play.
2: I think Montreal, this they past played weekend Montreal. Is they also five, played.
0: Atlanta, I think, as well. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, a few weeks back, but uh, I mean, and that's the beauty of it is I can I can just turn on there's, my there's Apple tons TV of, yeah. and, and away I go. There's the tons games. of exposure. I mean,
2: TSN I, this past weekend there's numerous games on, and Fonzo Davies is a, a fantastic uh, talent to come out of here as well. Um, Toss Records is a friend of mine, so I like to follow TFC. And Toss is from here too. They, yeah, they've been right. they've been awesome to watch the last couple of years. They got to the final. They, on, they, on Facebook. They yeah. they won the final right they're in the Champions League uh, Concacaf Champions league right now so it's awesome and it's it's a it's a canadian team so that's great too so i love following the white caps in toronto just for solely for the canadian teams yeah. but uh yeah la portland there's a lot of derbies coming coming up in, in the mls now with just proximity and, and whatnot well that's sure. the thing
1: too like you said it dw love watching seattle portland vancouver play the proximity as you said uh daniel Look at the rivalries that are happening there. Yeah, There's something that the CPL is trying to establish here, like with getting uh, local provinces against each other, like BC, Calgary, Edmonton, yeah. Winnipeg, Saskatchewan. For sure. Get teams and, into it.
0: And I tell you, that'll be the most fantastic rivalry is, is between Calgary, which is going to have a team in the CPL in 2019. Right. And if we can make sure... Um, by going out and supporting them
1: That Edmonton has a team for sure. What a rivalry that'll be, oh, between be great. Well it's a good thing coming up the 29th They've got Classico. that free game That's they got the El <laughs> Clasico between the Foothills like And our FC Edmonton Academy
0: which, which will be good and apparently they've already sold uh, And when I say sold the tickets are actually free You just have to go Online and register To get your free tickets um, which is fantastic, and they're already over a thousand sold. Yeah, so they've they, they, we'll the whole section, and yeah. we'll open another section. And, and so uh, it's going to be a fantastic outing, great for youth soccer to, to go out and see some of your future players of the CPL, Canadian Premier League playing in games why not uh, what time's the kickoff of that it's 4 30 off is sunday right um at clark stadium so
1: well it's supposed to be good though so it should be an excellent job yeah though.
0: i'm actually quite looking forward to this week's weather yeah, compared to what we've had in the past here there's a few uh almost 20 degree days uh coming up we're so not
2: past me yet so no i know so
0: so that's it that's a good thing does may get it? oh wait we did have snow in May at one point oh we've had it before the May long weekend yeah I remember I remember we were supposed to play our first Canadian uh, the Amway oh, Championship okay. against uh Vancouver oh, that's right it out about two, when, two, two years ago with FC Edmonton ago? yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and we had eight inches of snowfall or you know a half a meter or whatever you want to call it. Well, I'm looking forward to riding my bike to work now. <laughs> well, don't get too comfortable, buddy. Yeah,
2: me no, no. <laughs> and you on the yellowhead or the hand-to-head. I don't know how that would work out. <laughs> you know what? And for
0: me, that's the scariest thing about riding bikes uh, in general is is getting out in the roadways with some of the people that aren't. Truly paying attention to what they're doing. I just ride in the sidewalks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's a whole other uh, whole other talking. It's another uh, podcast. It is another podcast. Cycling with chuckles. Cy- <laughs> cycling with chuckles. <laughs> it's an adventure. Uh, always an adventure in here. We're gonna take another quick break here, and uh, when we come back, we'll we'll try and touch base uh, about uh, whether or not the you know the the players that we train actually. Get involved with the training or not? Uh, you're listening to the uh, uh, soccer talk in the park. Yes, yeah, soccer talk. I'm getting that American sort of soccer <laughs> <like> happening. <laughs> no, this is this podcast is soccer talk in the park. The official podcast of the Sherwood Park District Soccer Association. We'll be right back. Today's podcast is sponsored by Mister Lube, fast warranty approved oil and fluid changes. Mister Lou. And we're back, this is Soccer Talk in the Park, the official podcast of the Sherwood Park District Soccer Association, and uh, should I, I feel, I just want to, I just want to say it, I just got to say it, because, no, never mind, <laughs> I, I won't say it, we, we were doing some bantering back and forth during the break, and uh, somebody was firing up their dinner, but hey, we, we know we're not going to talk it about it. It smells good, though. It, it smells great. Delicious. <laughs> well, I don't know about looking delicious, i That looks good, man. but I won't get into it. It's not a nice thing to say. We were going to bring up the topic of... um, uh, You lost your train of thought now, didn't you? (laughs) (laughs) Didn't you? No, I've got a weird hack that's just not gone away from when I was sick. You know what I'm saying?
2: I don't know what to tell tell you, man. Why
0: don't Uh, you have another mouthful of lasagna and then we can talk about it afterwards? Um, No, what I was going to say, we were going to talk about players and whether or not they really are fully engaged when they go to a training session. Um, And I think for the most part at least from my perspective in the goalkeeping area, uh, I I, I, th- I think they're fully engaged when they... Well, no, that, actually, you know what? I had a session yesterday, and, and just thinking about it, there was a couple of, of players that weren't totally engaged, but they feed off of each other. And, and for the most part, I'd say 80% of the players that I was dealing with yesterday were fully engaged, which then brought the last 20% into being fully engaged. So... And I'm pretty sure they took full advantage of the training session. Mm-hmm. But now you guys see it from from an, the other players' perspective, not the GK perspective. Do you think they're fully engaged in what they're they're doing, task wise?
2: Yeah, I, I think I think it varies on the individual, right? I think throughout throughout training sessions, you're going to see kids that are that are engaged and switched on, and you're going to see that a little bit more consistently. But um, We've had numerous conversations kind of as a staff and as friends about this that uh, it, it's, it's sometimes it's the best part of a kid's day, right? It's the 90 minutes where they feel the most safe. They can express themselves. And I think the onus still has to be on the coach, right? Um, Make sure that they're responsible, organizing a practice, making it enjoyable, giving different tasks, progressions within the session, having the kids learn. Um, It's definitely the onus is on the coach. And and if you see those kids and they're a bit disengaged, um, put an arm around them. Just ask them, you know, how their day is. Because so many things go on in these kids' lives that I think impact them in different ways. And they kind of bring that to just training session. Because then the next week, it could be a little Fair bit enough. different. So. Yeah.
1: I mean, this can start, like, before the session even starts, you you come up, you greet the coach with a handshake, or you greet your, your teammates with a handshake, that sort of stuff. And once you get to know your players, you can see that they've maybe had a bit of an off day, and you can just say, you know, hey, how's it going? You know, take them aside a little bit, just yeah. have a little bit of banter with them. Mm-hmm. Maybe uh, something's going on that uh, they're a little unsure of that you can maybe help them with a little bit. And then once you get into the practice, uh, you know, so it sort of takes their mind off of it.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, and that's for a lot of these uh, players that show up to these, especially the younger ones. You know, I've, I'm sh- sure if their family life is is not quite, uh, yeah, you know, a, a positive all the time, uh, they they come to training sessions and and look for an escape, mm-hmm. uh, and 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 football or soccer becomes their escape.
2: Yeah, for sure. I think. You know, with the little guys, it's just making it uh, engaging and fun and a positive experience every time. So they're always looking forward to come and play with their friends and, mm-hmm. and learn from whatever coach is working with them, right? Um, yeah, just kind of what Charles is saying uh, about knowing your players. I think once you get to know your kids a little bit more, I think sometimes that's the biggest important aspect of coaching that, you know, is never gets looked at or addressed because it's away from the field, right? But yeah. Even if they're not going to talk to you, at least they know. Wow, my coach really cares. My coach sees it, and once you build that bond and that trust, I think that it opens up communication a little bit more. For you know, just an opportunity for them to kind of voice some of their concerns that may be going on at school, or it could be anything. Mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of things over the years. It could be anything. A lot yeah, of for sure.
1: Kids approachability. For yeah, for sure. What was that, lot? Approachability. Like yeah. Be, it, being a coach who's, you know, aware of the kids, to, takes an interest in what they're doing away from soccer as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just makes for a great environment for the kids to come in and enjoy themselves and play and and and, and get along with their teammates as well. Yeah,
2: yeah I think even with the little guys, um, and I kind of have learned this uh, along the years, that... Uh, engage with your kids right show that you can connect with something on their terms right so don't get into the game right away as soon as you see them just say how was your day what did you guys do today right and they'll bring up math or you know recess or this and that Mm -hmm. and and you can just connect and then as soon as you do that when you go into their session they're just that much more engaged with you i feel
0: yeah it's funny because a lot of the i try to do i try and do that with the goalkeepers Mm -hmm. that i work with and and in particular in the past working for the fc edmonton academy again you're dealing with younger players and uh you're right. Some some school days are horrible for them, and and just draining mentally. So trying to get them engaged and 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 working within the session. Mm-hmm. If they haven't said anything to me and they look like they're you know fully engaged and ready to go, um, I usually just go. But then you can tell that there's something going on, so mm-hmm. I end up stopping and you know taking them aside and, and saying, "Hey, what's going on? Do you have a bad day? Because you got to let me know these things." Yeah. You know, I'm not going to slam you as much as I normally do. (laughs) No. But, I mean, it it, it really has a bearing on on what you're doing as a coach because you may have to adjust your session to be a little bit more, not necessarily easy on them from a playing standpoint, but you might have to shorten up some things to and and get to the... take a different angle. Exactly. Take a a different approach to to what you're doing based on... um, how your athletes are feeling.
2: Yeah, it's, it's knowing the individual kid. I don't think it needs to change anything that you're going to work collectively as a group on the field stuff. I don't think that needs to change. But like Charles says, it might just change your approach or your angle of how you want to work with that individual for that day, right? So Now,
0: let, let's, let's for example, speak about uh, some of the parent coaches that are out there. Like what, because they haven't, they're not as engaged in the... Uh, engaged is the wrong word. They, they're, they're still learning their role and, and, and how to... Um, how to, how, to, how, how to coach? Um, what type of an... Should they take more of a parent type thought process or is, is it basically just the same?
2: I think when you're, when you're, you know, when we're chatting about this, especially when we have our technical session with our tech leads, I think as um, a lead coach, we'll call them for the team, and as a parent coach, I think it's an awesome opportunity to kind of scan the group and observe think you can learn a lot from observing, observing the session, but observing the kids and, and already being a dad and having your kid there, that uh, it, it gives you a great avenue to kind of go in and speak to one of your kid's friends and say, hey, yeah. is everything all right? Like, how's things going? Because end of the day, we're, we're most worried about the kid's well-being and making sure that they're having um, a positive and a, and a fun experience. So I think a, as a parent coach, just observing and seeing what's on, that can kind of
1: give you an avenue to get in there. Even, even some little things that you can do, like uh, a lot of these younger, especially in the younger age groups... They come in and they see a coach and he looks big, intimidating, or she looks big, intimidating. Getting down to their level and talking to them goes a long way in making the kids feel more comfortable there as well. Yeah. So just getting down to their eye level, uh, approaching them that way, that sort of stuff, it's, it's, it's amazing how a kid mm-hmm. can respond to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I mean it's something hopefully we'll see. I mean we're just, the the season's just
0: getting underway for uh, the outdoor portions of things here at our club and uh, well, I guess all the clubs in, in the Edmonton area are, mm-hmm. are getting themselves fired up and ready to go. So it'll be interesting to see how these coaches react to that. Um, I, I know we've spoken to Tech leaders I've spoken to a few, and and definitely you guys have. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how this all translates, and and whether or not the uh, engagement of uh, the players is increased, or or whether it's just the status quo. Uh, I mean, for the most part, from sessions that I've been around, it's been fully engaged. I don't think I've seen too many of the players not want to be there or not want to try. Yeah, some I, of the stuff. I
2: think um, I think it depends. You know. Anywhere from a community groups to our Phoenix groups, you're going to have different groups of individuals on different days, but uh, I can speak a little bit more to our Phoenix program. Um, I know when we have Dean here, he can kind of have a chance to speak about our community programs a bit more, mm. but um, yeah, they kind of know the culture, right? Growing up um, when Eric and myself were in here, when Ian was in here, they kind of know the culture and what's to be expected. So yeah, they come in, they're, they're ready to go. Um, they, they look the part and boom, they're into the session, so yeah.
0: Well, I think on the a, whole, it's good. Well, well, that is a good thing. And and on that note, ladies and gentlemen, we are
1: going to... Uh Okay, I just say one more thing yeah, there, fire away. I'm just saying, like when the kids, the coaches get down to the the kids level mm-hmm. to talk to them. In Graham's case, the, the kids have to come down to his level, <laughs> <laughs>
0: and, <laughs> and then, oh, then they have to get past
1: the hair and the beard, that's and then true, we're
0: that's true. and then we're fully A little engaged garden at gnome. The point. Oh, he will be at the <laughs> old garden gnome.
1: Oh. I've never
0: gone there with garden gnome. I, I oh, okay, Graham, I we all love you here. We all I, love you. I, here. You know what? I'm not editing this out. So could be on the next podcast. It'll be Graham's <laughs> gonna have. Damn You shouldn't say stuff like that. <laughs> uh, but I want to thank everybody for listening. I want to thank you two gentlemen for coming in and uh, and helping out with uh, episode two. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, it was point awesome. Two, <laughs> <laughs> two point 2.2. The revised uh, version of it. Um, I also want to thank uh, anybody who's been sending in their uh, emails to the club office and to uh, to myself for ideas and thoughts on the podcast. Let's uh, let's keep those ideas coming in because they're they're helpful. They're they're great, and it's uh, it's about our community here in Sherwood Park. So uh, make sure we keep that stuff flowing. I want to thank um, Mr. Lube for sponsoring this version of the show. And, um, hey, like that, the show ends. It's, 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 It's episode two down of the Soccer Talk in the Park, the official podcast of the Sherwood Park District Soccer Association. We'll be back with episode three soon enough. We'll talk to you again soon. You've been listening to Soccer Talk in the Park, the official podcast
1: of the Sherwood Park District Soccer Association.